Are you feeling a calling on your life by God? Maybe it's to go serve at a mission or to donate money to something or to speak to one of your friends about Jesus Christ. Well, for a lot of us, that can be a scary concept. But let's look at how a calling on the life of a 13-year-old girl changed the course of history forever. year was 1997. The Toyota Camry had beaten out the Honda Accord as the hottest selling car. Movies like Titanic, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and Men in Black were shattering the box office. The hottest song was Candle in the Wind 1997 by Elton John. And a hot little toy that went by the name of Tamagotchi was selling faster than they could be put on the shelves that Christmas season. And I was 13 years old. Now, I had a hard time keeping up with my homework. I loved to procrastinate. And I also had a hard time fitting in. You could almost say that I was not the benchmark of responsibility. In fact, when I was 13, I had a paper route. And the only thing I looked forward to was payday. Because that meant that I could run over to the Hills department store and buy CDs as long as the paper itself got their cut of the money. But on all the other days, I hated it. It was either hot, it was cold, I had to walk the whole thing, you know, snowing, raining, all of those things. None of it was enticing to a 13-year-old boy. I want you to take a second and kind of think back when you were 13. How have you changed over the the course of that time you know we're entering into the advent season and we're getting ready to celebrate christmas and the whole story of christmas really hinges on a 13 year old girl before we get any further in our message, I want to thank you because this is the very first time we're doing one of these Sunday morning messages, and I'm so excited that you decided to join me. Now, as you can see, we're not in my office. We're actually in my living room with my Christmas tree in the background, and because we're in my living room, well, it's probably going to feel a little more down-to-earth and home because there's a really good chance that on that couch behind me at some point... There's going to be a dog that hops onto it, or, you know, they may walk through the picture. But you know what? That's okay, because I feel like, well, I feel like you're family. We've been working together for so, for so long, you've been watching my videos, and I thank you for that. And so, I just want to say welcome to my living room. Let's pray. Father God, this morning as we listen to your words... Well, may we, may we hear them like we've never heard them before, Lord. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to interpret or internalize and our wills to do it, Lord. And I pray that the words of my mouth, this meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So we're going to be looking at the first part of the Christmas story, and it's going to come to us from Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. 
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. You know, that is kind of a, a strange greeting for Mary. You know, what what did this angel mean when he said it? And, and how did he know who Mary, what Mary was like? In fact, she probably had no idea that he was an angel just yet. She probably thought he was just some stranger, but she may have known. And still, it was a very weird greeting. Continuing on, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? There's probably a whole flood of questions going through her mind right now. Her mind is going 100 miles an hour because, well, to be honest, in those days, so many bad things potentially could happen. In fact, her whole life is about to change. So, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Well, basically what Mary is saying, okay, let's do it. I'm ready to go. So let's go back and we're going to kind of break this whole thing down. There's three different points that I think that we need to get from the story of Mary. The first one is that our whole lives are being used. We're being groomed for this calling that God has on each and every one of us. Mary comes from a small town of Nazareth. There's probably maybe 100 to 400 people, and they were mainly just farmers and laborers and, and shepherds that lived in Nazareth. So it wasn't something to write home about. It was just your regular run-of-the-mill, don't-blink, one-stop-sign town. I mean, America is crawling with those kinds of towns. Everybody there was blue-collar, so it's not like there was a lot of money to go around in these towns. And yet God had chosen this little town. You know, if he would have just gone a mile or an hour up the road, he would have, by foot, an hour up the road by foot, he would have found himself in a town called Sephoris, which was extremely influential, extremely rich, and there's a really good chance that everybody in Nazareth had something to do with Sephoris, whether they were providing food or they were servants or they were a laborer of some sort there. But instead, God said, you know what? I'm going to go to Nazareth and <laughs> just tell you exactly how unremarkable Nazareth is. When we get into the story of Jesus calling his disciples and John, Philip goes to Nathaniel and this is what he says. He says, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can any good come from there? Nathaniel asked. And I also want you to look that, that he, 
the angel tells Mary that she's highly favored. Some translations say that she's full of grace. Now she's 13 years old. So 13 is, well, it's a little young. If you think of today's 13-year-olds, they're more worried about how many likes they can get on Instagram or TikTok or, or whatever the social media flavor of the week is. They're not worried about this kind of responsibility. But you have to understand that, well, the life expectancy for people in those days was about 35. So 13 fit right in to the age frame of of being able to get married and to have children. But he says that she is highly favored. She's or full of grace. Well, how do we know that? I mean, this is the very first time that we've heard of this Mary of Nazareth. Well, we need to look not at Mary herself, but we need to skip ahead in the Gospels. And we need to look at Jesus. One of my favorite commercials on TV right now is that progressive commercials with um, Dr. Rick. He's the parental life coach where, you know, they're in the store and the guy and the one guy's like, oh, if you're looking for a good grout brush and he comes up to me and goes, did he ask you? You know, basically the, the, the gist is that if you buy a home, well, you begin to turn into your parents. Well, there's some truth to that. I mean, our parents make us and they shape us into who we are, you know, nature and nurture. And we begin to exhibit some of those same characteristics and traits as our as our parents and I'm sure that if we look at, at Jesus we can see Mary in him maybe that whole compassion love mercy thing he got from Mary you know maybe there is a reason why he's saying that God says that Mary is full of grace maybe there was some kind of some kind of major thing that happened in her life where she had to learn forgiveness and she had to learn grace. You know, these are all things that God is putting in Mary's life to shape her and to make her who she is, to be able to get ready, to get her ready for her calling. If you haven't figured it out yet, that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit more today is calling, because we all have a calling in our lives that God places on us, that God tells us, you know what, I want you to go and I want you to do this. And so Mary was called to probably one of the greatest callings ever. She was going to become the mother of Jesus Christ, which leads us to our second point, that it could hurt you know, Old Testament law said that if a virgin got pregnant out of wedlock, that she could be stoned or shunned. And so Mary is looking, she's looking down the barrel of this horrific future. You know, she's about to be pregnant out of wedlock. And what's more is it's going to be a story that is 100% unbelievable for anybody. I mean, think about this for a minute. If you were 13 and you and you went to your parents and you said, I'm pregnant, but the father is God. What's going to happen? You're probably going to end up at the hospital getting a psych evaluation, right? Your parents aren't going to believe you. And yet this is the exact place where Mary found herself at is I'm pregnant and the father is God. She is looking at an entire life of, of abandonment, you know, there's a good chance that her fiance Joseph is going to leave her because, yes, they were engaged, but 
they weren't officially married. Although back then engagement was a little bit different. You were kind of married when you became engaged. It was a whole year-long process finally ending in the actual nuptials where you would be officially man and wife. But technically at this point in time, Mary is kind of married to Joseph, but he still had the option to leave her. He could leave her in disgrace and, and she would be a single mother unable to find a job, unable to have an income. There's not, her family was probably going to shun her and, and they're never going to want to have anything to do with her. She's going to be scrimping and saving the, her entire rest of her life with this baby. You know, when God puts a calling on our life, there's a really good chance that you're going to be drug through the mud in it in one way or another, maybe not in a horrific way or something that could completely 100% alter your track, your track in life. But something is probably going to happen that is going to set you back. And why is that? Well, it's because God wants to see what you're really made of. He wants to, to test your metal, if you will. He wants to see how faithful you truly are to fulfilling his calling in life, which leads us to number three. Mary goes, may your word to me be fulfilled. She says, you know what, God, I understand that there are, there are going to be ramifications of what's going to happen. I understand that there's a good chance that li my life is going to be completely different, but let's do it. Let's, I'm yours, Lord. Use me as you will. What Mary knew is that the reward was probably going to far outweigh the risk of doing this, of carrying the Christ child. All of those bad things one day weren't going to matter because God was going to reward her. It may not have been in this life. It may have been after she moved on into the next, but he, she knew that God was going to reward her. And for her, that was all it took for her to say, you know what, God, I am faithful to you. I will do as you are calling me to do. So let me ask you a question. Are you feeling a call from God in your life right now? If not, you may need to be listening a little bit more. Maybe read your Bible a little bit more because every single follower of Christ has a calling in life that God wants them to fulfill. I want you to think for a minute, if if Mary would have said no, what would have happened? Would it have changed the course of history? Because I think it probably wouldn't have. I think that Mary would have re reluctantly gone into this, and we probably would have seen a very different Christmas story. But I don't think God would have chosen Mary if he knew that she would have said no. But I want you to think about your life. Have you felt like you've been... Maybe, like you've maybe missed a calling. Has there been this thing in the back of your head that you're going, you know what, I think God wants me to do this, and I haven't done it yet. And, well, maybe I've missed my chance. I can tell you from personal experience that there have been a lot of times in my life where I have felt this calling on something that I need to be doing, and I don't do it. And in the end, the regret, the regret hurts from not being able to do it. Especially when the ideas and the, the feelings and the callings that I've felt that I've had, well, I see other people doing them then. And I see, well, 
I see how God is rewarding them and I go, you know what? Man, I missed that train and I, I wish I wouldn't have missed that train, but I did. Now, there's other times where God just continues to call you and call you and call you because you know what? He wants you to do it. He wants you to be the one to put together that charitable program. He wants you to be the one to tell that person about Jesus. He wants you to be that one person that prays with the, with someone. He wants you to be that one person that donates money. He, there's all kinds of different things that he's calling us to do. And especially during this holiday season, think about this for a minute. There is a lot of things that God wants us to be doing during this holiday season. And that doesn't include going out and buying presents. It doesn't include going out and buying gifts and being a part of the hustle and bustle. This is a spirit, or this is a time of love and compassion and mercy. And honestly, we all have the exact same calling, the Great Commission, go into all the world, making teaching them what I've taught you and making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's one, that is all the calling that we have in our life, is the Great Commission, one that we desperately need to fulfill. And just like Mary, we don't know the outcome. We have no idea what's going to happen. Now, we know what happened for Mary, but that's because we have the Bible and we can read and we can go, you know what, this is what happened for Mary. But we don't, we don't know what the outcome is in our lives and what the calling is, but we are, we are called to take that step of faith. Now, I want you to think for a minute. As I end this morning's message, think for a minute. If Mary could go back and change, change anything in her, in her life and the way it played out, do you think that she would? You know, when we get to, to the end of the Gospels and we see what happened to Jesus and we know that Mary was right there with Jesus as she went as he went through his crucifixion do you think that she would have changed anything you know i have a visual here it's from our nativity scene and it's mary holding the christ child when when jesus was was crucified do you think that she 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 pulled him up and she set him on his lap on her lap and kind of cradled his head like she cradled him that night in that that manger and she looked down on him and, and she said you know I don't think I would have changed anything. I think that I, if I were called to do it all over again, I would. One of my favorite Christmas songs is Mary, Did You Know? And I'm going to put a link in the, in the description of the video. It's probably one of my favorite versions of the song. But the lyrics, oh, they, they make you wonder, you know, did she know? 
I'm sure growing up she had heard the stories of the Messiah. I'm sure that she had heard all of these things about Messiah, never realizing that she was going to be the one to raise the Messiah. She probably had no idea that her son one day would save the world. And not just Mary's world, but the world for generations to come. Brothers and sisters, we, we have a calling in our lives, one that God has placed there for each and every one of us that can be scary to think about. We can look at the future, we can try to picture the future and probably see all the ways that we could fail. We could probably see all the, way, all the ways that things are going to go wrong. But there's one thing that we can't see, and that's the ending. But if we have faith in God and we have faith in Jesus Christ, then why wouldn't we take that step of faith and say, you know what? I'm sure the reward is going to far outweigh the risk. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have called each and every one of us, whether it be to evangelize, to, to give of our time, to give of our treasures, to give of our talents. Father, you are calling each and every one of us to take a step of faith and to do something that will change maybe the world. Just like you called that little 13-year-old girl in Nazareth 2,000 years ago. Father, may we live out our calling in faith in you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you right here tomorrow morning. Take care. God bless. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Mission 4110 podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's morning moment. You can connect with us further on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Mission 4110. Also, subscribe to our podcast so that you can listen to our newest messages when they release. For Mission 4110, I'm Jacob Mahaffey. Take care, and God bless.